Hello and welcome to Fresh Face Comics, the comic book podcast where a lifelong comic book reader guides his friend through the world of comics for the first time. My name is Joey Morgan, the aforementioned lifelong reader. With me is Jacob Lickletter, the aforementioned newbie. You got through it that time. I did. Fuck you, Jacob. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> We're just doing like four. This was like the, that was like the fourth attempt from Joey to do the intro. <laughs> you don't know why. Fuck you. All right. Um. So today we are talking about Batman Year One, which I'm very excited to talk about. But before we get into any of that, I just want to say this is the first episode that we're recording since we got the podcast up on Spotify. Um, So you can go listen to the uh, podcast on Spotify right now. You can listen to it on Anchor. And of course, there is the YouTube option here. If you're listening to the podcast on Spotify or Anchor, please consider subscribing to Blood Donut Studios. We're the guys that make the podcast and we produce it. So just knowing that the support is there, even if you're not going to watch it on YouTube, just knowing that the support is there would be nice. So, uh, yeah, just uh, very excited about that. Hoping to bring the podcast to a couple other platforms that people typically listen to in the near future. So be on the lookout for that. Because yeah. YouTube's not fun for that. Yeah, I mean, unless unless you're one of the one of the people that falls for the scam of, of YouTube music. So whatever. Uh, so yes, yeah, so there's that, and uh, I think that about covers it, right? Anything else we had to say before we get get into this? I don't think so. Uh, actually, All right. Yeah. Um, uh, a quick thanks for making the first two episodes so great. Um, it honestly still, I'm glad the momentum is keeping up, and I hope it stays that way. Yeah, I hope. Yeah, it's uh, it's been great to to have all the support on the first two episodes. Uh, I think as of the time of recording this, uh, the first episode's almost at two hundred views on YouTube, and uh, the second episode is is, is well over a hundred. So uh, very very nice, very nice to see that. Nice, nice to see the support there. Um, also, something to keep in mind going forward: you don't have to listen to every episode. Um, you don't have to listen to these episodes sequentially. I think that that was fairly obvious, but uh, just the drop in views kind of indicated that people may have thought otherwise. But uh, but yeah, so. In case you were worried about that, don't worry. We're not going to be constantly referencing the other episodes that we've done. So any episode you could just jump right into. You can recommend any episode. If, if your friend likes a, a specific story that we're covering, you could recommend that episode of the podcast to him or her or them, whatever you want. Um, and uh, it'll all be there. So, yeah, uh, I think that about covers it now. Let's get into your first Frank Miller comic, Batman Frank Year Miller. One. Your first um, baby, baby, baby's first Frank Miller comic. <laughs> Frank Miller, and it's de- it's definitely a Frank Miller. It is, yes, it is. So, so what did you know about Frank Miller before going into this? I knew he was batshit insane. Um, you were correct. Vaguely, I vaguely knew uh, there were two base. There, there were two Frank Miller comics that I kind of knew about, but like. Uh, for his batshit insanity before going in. That would be All-Star Batman and Robin the Boy Wonder, and then mm-hmm. Holy Terror. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, if you if you listened to the last episode when we revealed what this episode was going to be, I let out a <laughs> very audible fuck. It's true, it's true. <laughs> which uh, which let me know that we would be in for a very interesting read for today's episode. Uh, I think... So so no so of course you knowing what everyone knows about Frank Miller nowadays is that he's absolutely fucking insane. Um, this was a time when Frank Miller was actually a revered author, believe it or not. Uh, I mean, he still is. You know, to, to say that Frank Miller doesn't still have a legacy nowadays isn't entirely fair. Um, but I mean, but to say that, that just this, it would be a lot better. <laughs> I, is, I mean, that. I mean, 
this, this was a Frank Miller coming off the high of writing one of the most successful Batman comics of all time in The Dark Knight Returns. So, and he, he still keeps that high, I would say. He, he, he's still there. Um, it's just everything else. And also, I hear his Daredevil runs good, but I've not read that. So, whatever. But yeah, so we... Uh, so, so we decided to do year one for this. This is actually one of the good Frank Miller comics. Let's get into non-spoilers. Um, what did you make of year one when you started to read it? Uh, well, immediately starting, it took me uh, it, it took me a while to actually get into it. Um, uh, so uh, I guess for those who may not know, uh, year one is four issues. It is Batman 404, 405, 406, and 407. Mm-hmm. This would be the first thing. This would be the first take on sort of quote unquote rebooting Batman at the time. Uh, Crisis. In, this is the first thing like that happened with the big event that happened with Batman post Crisis on Infinite Earths. Um, the thing that that sort of the event that sort of reset the DC universe as we know it today for the most part. So Frank Miller was the guy chosen to sort of uh, guide the way through Batman because Batman didn't really need an overhaul on his backstory, just needed an updating of it, if that makes sense. So um, so I'm curious, what did you make of, of Batman's backstory? I mean, obviously you're fairly familiar with it, uh, given given just cultural osmosis, you know, uh, with, 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 you know, the shit ton of other Batman content out there. Um, Miller... For the backstory of Bruce and why he does what he does, especially in the first issue, like the back half of the first issue was brilliant. Um, mm. Basically, from the point after Bruce goes out after his first night to the end of that issue is, is brilliant, mm-hmm. um, perfect storytelling. Um, because he isn't, because he isn't, because he, he isn't Batman at first. Like he doesn't like go out fighting crime, and he has the full bat suit and everything. He just wants to go out and fight crime to avenge his parents' deaths. And he very quickly realizes that it isn't quite gonna work if he just goes out there, puts on a very you know, uh, very thin veil, veil, thinly veiled disguise. Um, this in this case being like just like a, a fake scar on his face and and a, and a skull cap. That's about it. Um, it is so. So, so the first issue is a lot about like Bruce finding his identity and and who he needs to be in order to to accomplish his goal as as um as Gotham and savior. I'll, and I'll have so, more to say about that when we get to um, spoiler territory. Um, but that, and I I don't want to spoil actually sort of the last bits of this first issue here. Um, yeah, I will say yeah. um, you do get the flashback to the death of Thompson Mark Wayne. That's not really a spoiler. That's what? Wait, 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 wait! Bruce Wayne's parents are dead. Oh. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, and I, I love, I love that it's done with no dialogue. Um, yeah, it's 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 done with no dialogue. And it's done on a page. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so another another big part of this book. I mean, yeah, arguably just. Most of the book is uh, is the perspective of Jim Gordon, who has just yeah. recently moved to Gotham City. What yeah, did you make I of him? It, it, I think that this is more a Jim Gordon book than a Batman book, if I'm being honest. Um, I, agree. This, I agree. This is this is very much Batman as a sort of quasi mythic figure, just sort of appearing. Um, and this is really just the story. Of, this is really the story of Jim Gordon taking on the corrupt Gotham City Police Department. Um, mm. uh, 
and and that's where that's where year one outside of one outside of the very big bit at the end of issue one and a couple of other things that's where it really shines um mm. is getting to see how how one man through a corrupt system can essentially change that system mm-hmm. uh, something that isn't something that, that that seems to be sort of uh, I guess not misconstrued, but something that that is very commonly looked over with Jim Gordon as a character is that you know Jim Gordon he's he's obviously you know he he's the guy that's going to come into Gotham City he's going to clean up the police force he's going to do it his way but Jim Gordon also isn't a perfect man and Frank Miller takes a lot of time to focus on that to say that yeah Jim Gordon is still just like a person like the rest of us he he still has the same sort of faults as as a lot of people would in in, in this situation. Um, even right down, you know, uh, there, there's one aspect of the plot that, that we'll talk about more when we get into spoilers that really exemplifies this. But even right down to like some of his early inner monologue, where he's talking about what he wants to do coming into the city, things like um, things like like he 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 desperately hopes that his wife isn't actually pregnant so that he doesn't have to raise a kid in Gotham. Something like watching his uh his, his corrupt cop that that he's paired up with just beating a kid on the side of the street and just letting it go because Gordon doesn't want to get on the bad side of the GCPD early on. It's stuff like that where like yeah, Gordon's a good guy. Gordon Gordon is 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 the closest we have to a white knight in this story, but he still has his faults and and those and those are those are not simply glossed over. No, they're not, and that's. I think that that's also Im- important. Um, I think it's also important that um, Miller doesn't really include supervillains here. Um, no. Every character is just basically a person, bar <laughs> bar one appearance that we'll talk. We'll talk about. We will talk about that. <laughs> your, your favorite appearance in the book, as I gather. Uh, uh. <laughs> Okay, well, I mean, we can talk about, like, just who the character is. We won't say anything much about this character, but it is quite... I I did find... Selena Kyle does appear. I did find it quite funny when I was going to to rewatch the animated movie for this. uh, After I was done reading the comic, I went to rewatch the animated movie, and I I pulled it up on HBO Max. I like your point about there being no supervillains, because there's no big, like, tagline to sell the movie on. So when I, so with the description of the HBO Max, the HBO Max description of Batman Year One is that it, he, they play it up almost like it's a, it's a fight between Batman and Catwoman throughout the entire movie, and that, like, she's the main villain of it, because there's no supervillain to speak on in, in this book. Not really. The closest this we get is yeah, Catwoman. This, this isn't a book with, like, it's not even a book with, like, a tight plot. It's not a, it's not your standard structure. It's, mm-hmm. it's essentially glimpses throughout the first year of Bruce Wayne as Batman. Um, yeah. And when and when it's focusing on Bruce and Gordon and writing parallels, that's where it, that's where it excels. That is mm. where this yeah. book excels. Um, like from the first, like even like the opening page. Uh, Despite me not liking, not enjoying, I don't want to say not enjoying, because I didn't dislike the first issue. It just took a while for me to get into it. Um, I got that feeling, like, like, like. Like me, I guess, because because I, I was rereading it this time around. Obviously, I sort I I knew what I was getting into. I guess it can be a, like a little harder to ease into, especially when we have 
um, such, such a modern view of Batman. And given the two comics that I had started you off before, it, it, it does sort of paint a very different picture, doesn't it? But this is re- really like where it begins. This is where we're coming from. And I guess it could be a bit harder to, to, to get a grasp on if, if you're just like jumping right into it after being like fairly familiar with the Batman mythos already. Also, just just the weird pacing. Um, like the first the first issue, especially, I don't think does it's. I, I'd argue the first issue rushes more than the other three to get through that first three months. So like each issue is, is basically three months of the year. Um, and I I think the first issue almost it it almost rushes um, rushes things after you get past like that first day like the first day is, is really good it's a really good introduction to to our basically our 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 i think our four major players of of the book mm-hmm. um, being uh bruce gordon uh commissioner Loeb, and then uh what detective flask who is gordon's <laughs> um uh partner and then mm-hmm. it just kind of it feels like it like it ramps fairly quickly um into gear um i'm mm, and- i'm not sure if i quite agree with that assessment though because there's i think there's 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 purposely a lot of jumping around in the first issue because it is it is playing it like you don't know these characters very well already. It's saying like here's some some flashes and and and, and quick, quick glimpses into these people's lives. We're gonna delve more into that later. And it's not trying to say like like it's not giving you like a perfect grasp on these characters right at the start. Because yeah, if if you're throwing a bunch of characters your way right at the beginning of a normal story, if you don't know any of these people before reading the book, um, which is which is the stance that Frank Miller takes when writing it, um then that's how you would actually view these people. You don't know much about them, so you're just getting, like, quick snippets of their lives before that. And then I, I don't think it really... I just don't think it really settles until a, a moment near the end um, with Gordon. Um, oh, that oh like, that moment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you, you know what moment I'm talking about. Um, yeah. But then, at that point, I think Miller actually has a groove, and he sort of has an idea of... Because then it just feels more evenly paced throughout the rest of the issue and the other three issues, hmm. which is which is very very important. Hmm. Obviously, with the way we're talking about this, it's kind of hard to talk about a lot of the comic without spoiling things. So, well, part of it uh, isn't really a comic with a whole lot of. There isn't a, it's not a singular plot thread. Wait, but also, it's, but also, it's a very simple setup. It's like, okay, here it's the first year of Bruce Wayne becoming Batman. Um, uh, Bruce Wayne is is here. He's going to become Batman. You're going to follow Jim Gordon as he goes into this uh, very corrupt police force, and he's going to try to going to try to change things for the better. And that's the plot of it. it it's it's a very simple thing to to say, non spoilery, if that makes sense. And then, uh, so so I guess. I guess to start wrapping up the non-spoiler section, what did you think of the rest of it without giving anything away? Um, I actually really enjoyed the rest of it. Um, like each issue was better than the last. Um, mm. uh, so, so when so when I when, when we read these, I'm also reading them on Goodreads, and they have a five star rating system. Um, it was very very close near the end to me to giving this uh, getting this getting this to that five star mark. It, Still kind of stated before because there are still a couple of things, especially near the end, and and we'll 
um, we'll, we'll talk about it in the spoiler section. But I, um, despite some some criticisms, I'd actually I'd recommend this book. But yeah, mm-hmm. I think a lot. I think a lot of people. A lot of people, yeah, would recommend this. I know I, I have a friend who, whose very first Batman comic was Year One, and he read it fairly recently, um, and, th- and then he went into a couple other things. It's it's designed to be a lot of people's first Batman comic, but by today's standards, I personally wouldn't recommend it as a lot of people's first Batman comic. Obviously, otherwise, I, I would have started you on it, but I, I, I disagree with the assessment that it, that it should be people's first Batman comic because it is Frank Miller. It comes on very, very strong, and... Not necessarily in the best way at times. Uh, it's if very. You know, if you know anything about Miller today, you can see the seeds of that. That Miller didn't come out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, and uh, obviously, something to talk about more in spoilers. But I guess any final thoughts before we do move into spoilers? Um, it's good if you. I I'd say this actually would pair nicely after reading the Long Halloween. Which is odd because Long Halloween was written specifically as a sequel to Year One. <laughs> yeah, um, I'd read them in reverse publication order, like I did. I think that. Actually... I, mean, I mean, also, also, also. To be fair, I think Long Halloween does require at least a, a a certain grasp on the Batman mythos before going in. Like, you should know who who a lot of those villains are before going into the story. Um, have a decent idea of where a lot of the characters are going. Like, like year one, you can actually just throw people into it and like have them know literally nothing about the Batman universe. Long I, don't think, I don't think I don't think anyone's really going to know nothing about Batman. I think. I mean, you never know. You never know. I think it's I think it's. A, I think there's a fair amount of cultural osmosis. Yeah. Uh, going yeah. So, uh, but yeah, de- uh, yeah, definitely recommend the book no matter what. Um, despite Jacob's apprehension, I, I still would highly recommend the book. Um, it, it, it is just one of those essential Batman comics that, that I think I, everyone I, should. I, I, that I think everyone should at least give a shot at some point. You know, I, I'd say read it. It's important to read, and it's 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 a good, it's a great character study. Um, just, mm-hmm. just, just specifically, specifically. Specifically, if, if if you're a Jim Gordon fan, like if you're a Jim, this this is the Jim Gordon book. <laughs> like like Batman's on the cover, but no, this is this is Jim Gordon's story, and uh, it's it's brilliant. So, I guess that about does it. This is actually, I think, our shortest non-spoiler section, <laughs> oddly enough. Um, so I guess yeah, uh, let's get into spoilers and uh, let's take the book scene by scene. So we open on January fourth in, uh, in 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 Bruce Wayne's first year coming back to Gotham and. Shortly before Batman's arrival, uh, Bruce Wayne arrives. We have sort of his inner monologue played alongside Gordon, uh, and Gordon meets his I new boss. At this point, we, I think at this point we actually we need to mention Todd Klein as the letterer. Uh, okay, I'm curious to hear the takes. <laughs> uh, no, this is a good take. I, I have nothing but praise for Klein's lettering. Um, oh, awesome! Uh, I love I love that he gives Bruce. This cursive, mm-hmm. like all of Bruce's inner monologue, is in is, is in this cursive. Um, yeah, even even yeah. I think for the entire I know which we 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 had we had briefly spoken about that actually uh, before recording, and you had mentioned that that the cursive actually is a little hard to follow at times. Um, it's a little hard to read, but it's a great idea. It is, it is. I like that. Especially, like, as that distinction between 
uh, their inner monologues. Like Gordon, Gordon's inner monologue is written on like this like scratchy like post-it note paper, um, and it just looks like, looks like a normal guy would write it. Uh, it's all bold and um, mm-hmm. mostly lowercase. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and 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 Bruce Wayne would would like purposely write in that like elegant cursive, you know, despite like despite his thought process not being that at all. Uh, I think it's just this really interesting uh, uh, contrast. It's it's really really interesting. Uh, so we meet uh, Jim Gordon's new boss here on the uh, GCPD, Commissioner Gillian Loeb. What did you make of this character? I'm curious. Because were you familiar at all with Loeb's character, other than like a couple of adaptations of him um not not really because he's in the because he's in the nolan films he dies in the dark knight right um and then uh have you played you you, you said you played the arkham games right i played asylum i think i've I've beaten asylum and i don't know how far i got in city i know i played because he's because he's he's in origins too but i don't think you're familiar with that one are you gotcha um yeah, so uh, so so I, I just really want to know what did you think of him? Uh, from his first panel, he's a slimy bastard. Oh yeah, I love the way he's drawn. <laughs> this it's this perfect. He's sort of like that, just that fat old. I he exudes he exudes corruption. Yeah, yeah, he just gives out gives out that energy of just like you can't touch me, and if you try to, you're you're gonna end up dead the next day, and no one's gonna know who killed you. And one one minor thing that I was just kept fixating on is he's he's unwrapping something in that first panel, and it's blue, and I can't tell what it is. Well, wasn't it just like a a mint? They made it like a mint in the movie, and I'm pretty sure that's what it's meant to be, isn't it? I don't know. It's it's a mint in the movie. I, th- I think that's what it's meant to be. Yeah. My, my brain jumps to just like, why Why is it so blue? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, and no, I get that. So uh, so Bruce, Bruce arrives back home. We meet up with Alfred. We get a brief scene there. Um, Gordon meets up with his uh, his, his partner, uh, uh, Arnold. Arnold, right? Arnold's his first name. Arnold Flass. Arnold Flass. Also, who is bastard? Yeah, which is just the vibe you get from every single uh, Gotham police officer, other than Gordon. Um, this is this is probably like one of the most interesting scenes in the comic, I think, because Flash just stops on the side of the street and starts beating this kid up. Um, he, he like hits him against a garbage can, just punches I, him I in the face. I think it's telling that the that of the three kids that are there, he goes for the black. That he's one. yeah. Oh, definitely. I I think that's definitely intentional. Like, it, yeah, yeah. Even if it's unintentional, the script in in um in um, Mazzucchelli, right? Mazzucchelli is the, how you pronounce the yeah. art. I believe I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It's very it's different. Yeah. Art. It's 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 clear. Like he corrupt cop. Um, mm-hmm. Prescient, still prescient for the modern day, and you have you have that 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 sort of last great moment where it's like. Uh, like to justify, it's like he had this in his pocket, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's just that's a comb. I love 
Gordon's inner monologue as he's as Flass is beating on the kid and j- just like watching how Flass fights, as he says, for future reference. Um, love the setup of that where Gordon's gonna go later. Um, I'm, I'm actually, we get I'm just say, this is this is this is I think perhaps um, one of the big like flaws in Gordon's character and not intervening. Um, yeah, but I think also I, it's not a, it's it's not a good thing that he didn't intervene in letting. Okay, no, no. You, you get you get you get why, but it, it, that's sort of that's the Gotham City that Frank Miller sets up. It's that necessary evil, you know. Um, yeah, just ew, it hurts to see, but 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 it really works. Um, then all that. Then we cut to February twelfth. Um, we have all the that inner monologue of Gordon hoping that his wife isn't pregnant paid off, and just the little line of Flash saying, "Hey, you know, you have a kid on the way." Um, and all of Gordon's worst fears are, are suddenly coming true. Uh, February twelfth, Bruce is training. February twenty sixth, uh, Flash is complaining to Loeb about how Gordon just doesn't fit in. Gordon is, isn't going along with 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 bribes from from shady people. He's not he's not fitting in with the GCPD. Uh, and he wants something to be done about. Yeah, well, thing is, you think... already in this tiny scene, you already see Gordon having a positive effect. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah it's 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 very it's very minimal. It's very minimal. Like the, the only thing that Flash is complaining about here is that, is that he didn't accept a bribe. Um, but that's still a big moment. You know, that that's just like common practice for any Gotham City police officer at the time. And I think that's that, a great. That little... is enough, and that, that is enough to get to them. Yeah, you know, the, the, the idea of that just scares them. I think that that's really, really interesting. So, uh, cut to March 12th. Bruce decides to go out for the first time. And or, so did I say 12th? Yeah. Uh, did I, I meant to say 11th. <laughs> uh, I'm looking at the page. What's, what's interesting is his disguise, it's, it's very interesting. His, his disguise, he's clearly thought through what he's doing. Mm-hmm. It's somehow nowhere near enough. Um, yeah. Uh, at the same time, the uh, uh, the boys in blue of, of of the GCPD are about to teach Gordon a lesson. Um, they just beat the living piss out of him, and Gordon just kind of has to take it in this moment. Um, you know, just just really showing that like just what kind of police force Gotham is. That same threat that that we talked about that that Loeb presents early on is uh is is fully in swing there, and um, and they don't. I, what I think is interesting about that part is that they don't really. They don't identify in any of the people beating on him there, the bats. Except for Flash. You don't even see Flash, though. Like, 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 yeah, you, they're also... you, just, you just hear it from Gordon's inner monologue. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, yeah. Oh, man. So, I'll, I'll let you take this next bit. <laughs> next bit, okay. So I like this scene in theory. Go ahead. Oh, so we go to a red light, the red light district, in in um, yeah, in the east east end of Gotham. We have Bruce just sort of wandering around, and he comes, yeah, comes across a child <laughs> prostitute. Yeah, uh, which, like, which. Okay, uh, makes sense. Let, let, let's be real. Makes sense. We're, 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 let me go a little further on the scene, then I, then I can go on my um my issues with the way Frank Miller writes women in this book, especially. 
Go ahead. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and like, hmm. Okay. So, <laughs> so, okay. So, so we get this, this child's pimp, like, hey, hmm. And just, and just like, um, <laughs> I don't like this, Joey. This is the I'm, I'm aware you don't like this. this is the, I, yeah, it's it's not the most tasteful scene, but obviously it's not meant to be. So yeah, uh, this this child's pimp comes in, uh, gets pissy at Bruce. He he believes that Bruce is is just is just another uh, cop um, undercover. Um, Bruce obviously proves him wrong. This mysterious woman watches from the top, who is uh, named Selena. Selena we'll catch Kyle. up with her. It's Selena Kyle. <laughs> we'll catch up with her later. In the meantime, uh, Bruce starts beating on these guys over here, rightfully so. The child prostitute comes out and stabs his fucking leg. <laughs> um, at which point, Selena jumps down, decides to join in the fight, fights Bruce for a little bit. It's 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 a cool little moment. That's, that's probably like one of the only moments in this that like, that is very self-referential, isn't it? Like it's, it's meant to be like, Oh, ha, you know, Bruce way, you know, Selena Kyle, this is their first time meeting and they don't even know it. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's just one of those moments where it's like, okay, that's, it's there. It's cool. It's nice. But then the police come in, uh, uh, Bruce just gets straight up shot. He starts bleeding out. He eventually escapes from the police. Um, by by uh, by strangling one of the officers, and the car rams into a truck. At which point, everything <laughs> lights on fire. Um, he uh, he saves the, the two officers and and leaves. Bruce makes his way uh, out. He starts to drive away. We cut back to Gordon then, who is following Flass home. He just rams Flass off the side of the fucking road, and tosses him a bat because you know he wants to give Flass a fighting chance. And this is one of my favorite scenes in like the whole comic. I, I'm curious to know what you thought of this moment. Oh yeah, no, this is this is where the issue starts to get good. Um, this is it's this a really is, good scene because Miller has already done a good job of making you hate Flass. Um, oh yeah, everything he does is just absolutely scummy. It's horrible. And the cherry on top is he's wearing a high school Letterman's jacket. Yeah, because <laughs> this is a fucker who peaked in high school. Yep. Yep. Um. And, and 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 Gordon's very smart, and it's like he hurts him just enough to break the man's pride. Mm -hmm. Not and enough to actually hurt him. Because emotional scars last, are cut much deeper than physical scars. Um, mm -hmm. My favorite little bit here at the end is is, is when he leaves Flass uh, naked in the woods and, and, and starts to drive away is he has a little little like inner monologue where he says uh he'll never report it not flash he'll make us some story that involves at least 10 attackers and never admit i did it but he'll know and he'll stay away from barbara thanks flash you show me what it takes to be a cop in gotham city which is such a great moment um you love seeing flash just get his and uh and and and, and gordon just absolutely win in that moment because Nobody was winning up to this point, and to actually get that that moment of goodness is, is is where Jim Gordon finally decides who he's going to be as as an officer in Gotham City, and and that he actually like decides to go in and and, and be a force for good. Simultaneously, Bruce makes his Bruce way back is, home. Is, is in a suicidal funk, which just the setup for this scene fucking takes my breath away. 
like this is one of those moments that, that that it baffles me that Frank Miller is just the shitty writer that he is today because this is an amazing scene. Bruce Wayne he makes his way back home. He clearly gets it. Bruce Wayne makes his way back home. He's bleeding out still from the gunshot wound. And we get this great inner, inner monologue about how he um he'll he'll be dead in like an hour if he lets himself bleed out. Alfred will come. You can stop mm-hmm. the bleeding in time. Another of your gifts to me, Father. And doing it. Cause to Bruce, he thinks that this the tonight was just a sign that he can't properly avenge his parents. He doesn't have the tools that he needs. They're not afraid of him. How can he fight crime if if they're not afraid of what of what justice is? Um, how can he make them afraid of him? And that's where we get our our, our flashback to uh, the the parent death. Gotta love it. Always love seeing these fuckers get gassed. Um, we <laughs> we, uh, we we cut back uh, and, uh, and and Bruce says. The, 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 he's he's still looking for that uh, how he can strike fear in, in, into the criminals of Gotham and then a bat comes crashing into the window this is potentially symbolic but it's Frank Miller so obviously obviously it's meant to be taken literally um, bat flies into a room lands on his uh, on this statue of his father and we it's just it's such a stupid line. It's a really, really fucking stupid line. But yes, father, I shall become a bat. Is just is so great. I fucking love it. It's one of those. It should not work in any context. It should not fucking work. <laughs> it but really it should, does. Really should. It really does. And uh, of course, the last panel is is Bruce deciding to ring the bell, and uh, then we pick up with issue number two. So. We open on April fourth. Just catching up with where our characters are. We have a, we have a hostage hostage situation. Um, Gordon decides to uh, to go in and and and, and uh, uh, resolve it himself. I like the one little panel there, a couple pages in, where we see um, where we see Barbara watching the TV uh, and, and just just like seeing what what Gordon's up to. It's it's just this great little moment yeah. of like Gordon it's also knows that she would have seen him drop his gun. Because he goes in, oh. and he's, he, he, to, like, before going in, he, he takes out his gun and just lets it drop. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which, it, which is it's great. very much like, no, this person isn't dangerous. This person is, and this person needs help. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, of course, he, he, he takes care of the situation. We cut to April 5th. I love the, um, the target practice scene where, uh, <laughs> where, uh, Gordon is just, uh, railing on the on this target with a gun, uh, and I like this inner monologue where he says, "I hate the gun. I hate my job. I keep practicing." Um, just again, that because you have you have the point where like this is this is where Loeb really starts to get annoyed. Like, oh fuck, he's got the press on his side. Yeah, yeah. The pre- the press loves Gordon. Everyone loves Gordon except the the, the very people that he's working for. Um, just a great. Like reinforcing that idea of just this necessary evil, and that Gordon can do, does truly believe that he can change it at this point. Uh, let's see. Then we cut to April sixth. Uh, Gordon is with his wife. I love the uh, the parallel of Gordon's inner monologue saying, "In a city a city without hope." And the next panel is is Batman jumping off a rooftop, and we get that amazing silhouette of his cape against the skyline. Or possibly the first the first 
pasta the first time implying that there's going to be hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, then we cut to April 9th. We have our first actual Batman sighting, I guess. Uh, or at least one of the first times that, that he's ever encountered any criminal activity. And it, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's just and, kids. And, and, enough, and enough criminal activity to alert the police. Because you have mm-hmm. Jim and Barbara tying off, and they Superman like like in that panel, like that's that's a bit that's a bit self-referential. You don't need to reference, like yeah, share yeah. universe, but yeah, it's there. Um, yeah, so we have that. Uh, I like the I like the little bit where where like. Bruce very quickly decides that he's not a killer. It's presumably like the first time that he's ever been faced with the decision of just letting someone die on his watch because this kid's about to like fall off, uh, fall off the balcony there. Like, and it helps. Like this dude, these these are kids. Like, yeah, they're still they're still doing they're still doing illegal things, but they're they're still kids, and 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 Batman acknowledges this. Also, just a quick note. I love I love the year one suit. I really really love the year one suit. It's just it's it's a per, it's a perfect exercise in just in, in just simplicity. It uh, could just be the best route to go in, um, and for a suit like this, it really really works. You don't even get like a full body shot of the bat suit until way later in issue two, and um, I think it's, it's also telling that Bruce let these three kids go basically. Yeah, yeah, like. And it's like, no, these are children living in Gotham City. Mm-hmm. And even like, even just like that small moment where like Batman's like holding on to the kid that, he, that, he's, that he's trying to save, and this other kid come, comes and like hits him in the back of the head. Bruce still decides to let these kids go, pretty much after all the horrible shit they're doing here. Um, and and he, he just counts himself lucky that that he didn't die there. You know, there's a lot of a lot of inner monologue like that throughout the book where he just doesn't think that he should be living through any of this. You know, he could be doing better. And it's a lot of the book is Bruce being very hard on himself and and how he's not good enough yet. How 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 he isn't how he isn't the man he he should be yet to avenge his parents. And uh, I really like that idea. And and Miller does a great job of of getting into Bruce's head like that. I think. Then we get one of my favorite panels in like the whole comic. This uh, this spread uh, about like halfway down that page, where uh, on May fifteenth, with Gordon in front of the 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 artist interpretations of Batman, <laughs> and then you have Flats just to the left in a neck brace with a broken love, arm. You love to see it. <laughs> it's it's a great comeuppance. That like it, it's it's also the first sign that yeah the, the police department's unraveling because. Odd people like Gordon. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is also our first meeting with uh, Detective Sarah Essen, who will become a very important character later on in, the, in in this particular comic, but also even more important later on in the Batman mythos. You didn't know who Sarah Essen was at all before this, right? No, I didn't. Because mm. I remember you um you saying that like, you're like, why do we need this like subplot with like, the Gordon and Essen? And I was like. Well, probably because Essen is the one that most people probably think of when they hear Jim Gordon's wife. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just, you know, just a cool little retrospective thing, I guess. But uh, it's also, I, I'm going to be honest, I don't think Miller does a, I don't think Miller does a good job characterizing her. Like, mm, we get a couple really good scenes later on, I think. We get flashes, but it's, 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 
Miller just has a problem in this book on, on and I suppose, I suppose in other places, with just writing the female characters. Yeah, like, yeah, you're right. Like, so, I guess so, it's so, not so, entirely so. their story, but like, it's also just, They don't seem to have really lives for themselves. It's all in relation to either Bruce or Gordon or the city itself. There's like no real agency. I get, yeah, yeah. But unfortunately, such is the way of Frank Miller. So we then get to uh, May 19th, one of my favorite scenes in the entire comic. Which is just Commissioner Commissioner Loeb casually sitting down with some of Gotham's biggest crime bosses, of course, including uh, Carmine the Roman Falcone, who we've talked about many a time in the first episode of this podcast. I was, I was but, underwhelmed by Falcone's appearance in this comic because well, his, <laughs> his, first, his, come on, his, his first appearance, you know, because <clears throat> he appears like two two times in this, and, and I think the, the second time he, he's he's done well enough. Yeah. So, like Batman, Batman comes in and kills all the power in this at this dinner. Has this amazing speech and like my favorite panel in the whole comic of uh, of of this silhouetted smoky image of Batman. Um, says, "Ladies, gentlemen, you you have eaten well. Yeah, uh, you've eaten you've eaten Gotham's wealth, its spirit. Yeah, uh, your feast is nearly over. From this moment on, none of you are safe." And he extinguishes the the fire there at the dinner table. And my God, I love that scene so much. <laughs> and he presumably just 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 leaves. He presumably just just yeah. leaves because you don't. Yeah. It's 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 literally just there as a warning, just to say like, "Yeah, no, no, I I I will get every single one of you." And, and and this this kind of spirals Loeb out of control into immediately setting up using using Detective Essen as bait to try and to like try and catch Batman. Yeah, I like those little like moments where where like Bruce is just like waiting in the shadows and I'm like, oh yeah, no, this is just a trap. They're just trying to catch me. Um, going on to June fifth. What what is what is with what is with Miller's obsession in this book with with stripping down characters and tying them naked somewhere? Because, because uh, we'll talk about it. We talk about Selena Kyle a bit more. Because the man's obsessed with BDSM. The man. But he but he does it to fucking Falcone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. Um, then we got our first uh, look at Harvey Dent in this book, which I think is really cool. It's a really great character to have here. Um, Gordon seems to think that he's somehow involved with Batman, and of course he's absolutely right. Um, Gordon leaves, and uh, and we and we see Batman hiding under Dent's desk. Then uh, we I, I don't know. This is, this is one of those moments that I like. This moment between Gordon and Essen, I think it's, it's quite nice. I don't know personally, and, and, but and Essen is kind of. Essen has kind of clocked it, like, Essen's worked it out. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's, that's like, one of the few good moments that she gets, like, she, she's worked out who Batman is, even if she then basically gets, like, well, no, it's, that's... It's, it's, it's really interesting, because this is an idea that isn't played on a lot, um... People like immediately making the connection between, oh yeah, Bruce Wayne just came back to Gotham. Person with 
a ton of resources and external wealth that he could just use on whatever, and suddenly we have masked vigilante crime. Of, of, of having dead parents who were murdered in front yeah. of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just uh, it is just a cool idea that, that like not a lot of people play on. Um, get this cool little like couple, very minimal dialogue, very very minimal inner monologue even, uh, where Batman just saves this uh saves this homeless person and i don't know just a cool little moment where uh where gordon like actually like starts to like sort of see who batman is obviously isn't on his side yet but uh but batman very quickly escapes he goes into this building um he's shot in the leg and uh i love this little chase sequence with uh with the police after batman i think it's a great little moment it leads us it leads us into the third issue it's a it's a yeah. fairly lengthy it's a this is like this is like a, this could be the bulk of of the story. Um, mm-hmm. This is also one of those scenes, really enough, where, where at least the resolution of it has been. Uh... Oh wait, no, nope. Sorry, hang on. I got it. Oh no, sorry, no. I, I'm actually confused. Am I confusing it with the other scene or no? Which other scene? No, no, because because it does go into the next day, right? Like Batman is still like trapped there for the next day, right? Yeah, it goes. It goes right into the next issue. The next issue. Yeah, yeah, and then, uh, um, okay. See, this is a cool little moment. I, the the June seventh thing at the beginning of issue three, um, with uh, with all the cats around Selena, and you have Holly there. It's a nice little moment, yeah, right? Amazing. Right? Right, Jacob? Yeah, <laughs> right? It's nice-ish. It's nice-ish. It's like the closest thing you get to a nice moment. <laughs> God damn it. Trying to get something here. Um, she doesn't need to be here. She doesn't need to be here, Frank. You don't need her. I mean, I've I'm into the idea of intrinsically linking the early days of Batman with the early days of Catwoman. Like she should always be there, like early at the start. Um, I just, I you know, rightfully so. A lot of people disagree with his characterization of Selena, and uh, I, I would agree with that. So he makes her a dominatrix. He makes her. It's this weird. Again, it's the weird sex stuff. He includes so much weird sex stuff in this book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moving like, on. A, don't get me. Don't get me wrong. I, like I get it. Comics can have sex, but it's 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 not it's not like it's not tastefully done. Mm. I yeah yeah. I mean, at the very least, it's not explicit, you know? It it, yeah. it could be worse. It could be worse. It's still not good. But um, you have the idea of, like, let's just bomb these abandoned buildings. Um, mm-hmm. um, clearly, this was meant to be, like, a cliffhanger to, like, ooh, come back next month. Um, yeah, yeah, one of those <laughs> moments that, like, yeah, everyone's gonna be, like, clamoring around to, to buy the next issue. Rightfully so, it's a great moment. Um, I like the, the one panel there, a couple of pages in, with, uh, Batman hiding under the steps, and the one the one cat running by. And you get, you get such a good, uh, you get a, you get a good sense for, for the moment. The moments, the moments. It's, well, it's very tense, and, 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 and like, you feel it, like, Bruce doesn't actually know how to get out of this situation right now. Um, 
I also, I, also, I think, um, speaking on the art and colors for a moment, I love the colors in this sequence in particular. Um, just moving forward with, with this bit, you know, we, we had a couple of pages past that, and I love the reds that uh, that start getting used here. Um, like when, uh, when when the police actually find him, they start shooting at him. Um, he's running from them. There, there's this very like deep red going on as uh, as as the as the situation escalates. It's this, then it's this great danger. It's this great danger moment, and there's. We have this idea that like it's like right we just want to murder this man um, oh yeah but then we just want him dead mm -hmm. and then uh of course they're, they're still going after him uh i love this moment then which uh, <laughs> which oddly enough this is one of the scenes that that directly inspires uh that one scene in batman begins where um where bruce calls in all the, all the bats to sort of distract everyone i love this though like it's 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 an aspect of the Batman that just like isn't used many places at all, um, but but Miller like does like the literal interpretation of of the the bat part of the Batman. You know, it's like all, all those. I love the images of those bats swarming around everyone, around the police, around just regular civilians. It's a really cool image. Um, I'm curious, what what did you make of that? I I actually really liked all of all of this sequence. Um, mm. and not one you really can talk about like an individual panel because it, it, it it's really good at flowing um mm -hmm. especially and it's very hanger mm -hmm. and it's it's very has has very minimal dialogue and uh even inner, inner monologue which which the, the book is heavy on yeah a lot of the book is minimal dialogue but 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 the inner monologue makes up the bulk of this and there's not even a lot of that like this is like frank miller's doing stereotypical noir dialogue um mm -hmm. It works. It really works, I think. And, and I love the, the, the implication that before before uh, Bruce makes his move, these police officers are so on edge they could just start shooting each other at like the slightest provocation. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Like they're going at like there's just like a stray cat. There's also the so we kill a few homeless people. Um, it's. It's let's actually shine a light on that corruption. It's it's why I, it's it's part of the reason like. You have that enough corruption here. You don't need necessarily need to add the child prostitute to Frank. <laughs> you don't need it. <laughs> I'm not letting you go. I'm not asking you to let it go because it, yeah, it, it doesn't need to be there. But like, it's, I, I, yeah, whatever, whatever. Uh, moving on, moving on. We get past that sequence. Um, we get to June 9th. Uh, we get the, these. Uh, oh, actually, wait, one final thing about that sequence. Especially the bats. I love, I love the use of the yellow, and sort of like the blocking out the oh, yeah. idea. Um, it's gorgeous. And covering his escape, and then doing that nice one-page montage um, uh, of Gordon essentially trying, uh, Gordon essentially trying to pick up the pieces before. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. And we get another uh, nice little scene of uh, between him and Essen. Uh, we see Gordon start to think of her in a in, in a different light, I should say, um, <clears throat> which ends on the, on the following page and with him saying, uh, "Think of her as a cop. Think of her as a cop," because that 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 strictly like professional relationship is starting to break, and you do feel that. I like like I don't know. I I found I, I the affair. My my issue with the affair is that it, it is actually something that happened in issue, in, in issue two, is that 
it doesn't start out as a professional relationship. Like, did you say? Did you say it doesn't start out as a professional it relationship? Doesn't, it doesn't start out as just professional. Gordon's already slipping. Uh, first time they're sharing the car, uh, they're, uh, and then she actually has any sort of the first time she has any dialogue. Like she's like she, she's there in the background at the very beginning of issue two. Um, she she doesn't say anything like. Yeah, yeah. But I think also if you could also look a bit further into that and and say that Gordon had already sort of like 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 from the very beginning of him meeting her had already sort of taken uh taken a liking to her and it wasn't as gradual a build up as as one might think but it was more him like fighting with himself internally like like he was always attracted to her but never really um never really like like wanted to think that way and, he, it, and that's what a lot of his inner monologue about her is is about is about him him fighting that feeling and i think it works honestly i i, I don't see any any issue with it at all but then you have june 15th where i think this is at the point where miller shows how much he gets batman yeah which is kind of crazy because frank miller Again, kind of crazy for what he does in the future <laughs> Like yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's this it's this whole idea that I don't like that Batman is a loner because he's not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and like uh, yeah, you, you get those nice couple lines at the end of that end of that scene where he says, "I I need an ally, an inside man. I need Jim Gordon on my side." Uh, and and that's it's, Jim it's, Gordon because Jim Gordon is like yeah. the one, the one dude you can actually trust to make a difference in the city because he's already doing the one, it. The one, person that, the one person that actually wants to make a difference in the city, and uh, and we get that first little little hint of of the idea that that Bruce does want more people around him. You know, we see this throughout this whole comic. I think we see. Uh, we see Bruce develop a lot as a character. You know, the, he, we sort of, you know, the, the character that Bruce should be at, at the beginning of his his career as Batman. Um, just a very angry young man that isn't quite sure what he actually wants, and then eventually deciding that 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 he can't do it alone. That he needs people around him. Th- this isn't just this doesn't just mean Jim Gordon and eventually the rest of the Gotham, Gotham Police Department, but but no, eventually no, 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 extending into this is going to evolve into the bat. This is eventually going to evolve into the Bat family. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's okay. You have first three panels, June 17th. Okay, just okay. There, come on, give it that at least. Selena punches the fucking pimp. Come on. I mean, he deserves it. He deserves it. Good for her. (laughs) It's it's also just. Mm. You are hilarious. Um, <laughs> we uh, then we see uh, another scene between Gordon and Essen. Uh, they eventually. This is, this, uh, is the, this is the one point where I think Miller gets the relationship to work. Um, uh, yeah, he, he I'm, okay, I'm curious. What, 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 I'm curious what makes the, this scene different from the others. Um. I think I think it might just be it 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 it, it might just be because it's completely dialogue free. It's, it's okay. more in in the art itself. Um, it's it's these two it's two it's two people very much 
coming together and finding something in each other. Um, mm. And then, of course, it later yeah. gets used as black. Yeah. And then you get Selena Kyle as, Cat, as Catwoman. Actually, um, as Catwoman. Actually, as Catwoman. And okay, the suit is good. I'll give it that. Parallel. The suit is good. It's trying to parallel with Gordon for some reason. Mm, I'm not sure if that's exactly what it's going for. I think it's just a scene that happens. I think it's just something that happens to be happening at the same time. I don't think it's meant to parallel Gordon. Okay, it's just, it's weird placement. I mean, they do at least split up the skyline panels before Gordon's narration starts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, I, I, I think the point of that is just to say that, like, it would be a pretty weird point to leave Selena just at punching the pimp and saying, we're going to find a new line of work, and then just totally stopping at that for the rest of the issue. So it's just that little flash of, like, hey, she's going to need a Catwoman costume, and she's going to go out and, and, and do the Catwoman thing. So I think that's the thing that maybe waited for the fourth issue. Possibly. I think they, mm. I think they could have waited for, for the fourth issue. I, I I suppose I suppose. Uh, and then you have you have Gordon contemplative. Um, Another one of my favorite panels from the comic. I, I fucking love that 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 shot of of him sitting on the bed with the gun with his wife behind him. Yeah, it's it's a striking image in, in the issue. On I love that. It's it's very it's very striking. Um, uh, and it's 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 very it's a very good it's a very good parallel, and I love the way that it's just black background. Um, yeah, you don't, yeah, you don't get, um, and, and you sort of really get the this idea of um, Gordon being like. Gordon coming to around coming around to the idea that maybe this lunatic in a bat costume might just be uh, might just be worth worth uh, worth saving the city um, and, mm-hmm. and worth working with. Um, yeah. Then we kick off issue four, which first off has my favorite cover of all the four of all four of the covers. I fucking love that one. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah. Can we agree issue three has the weakest cover? Yeah, yeah, it's just it's just kind of there. Like it fits thematically so well. And then you have issue three. Honestly, honestly, that could have just been like the next page from issue two if issue two had another page. (laughs) It really could have. Like really could have. Like so if you want to build up Catwoman, like give her the, the cover image. That might have yeah. yeah. Actually, I'm surprised they didn't play on that at all. It's weird. Yeah, no, like it's, it's, the issue three cover is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so we open up issue four. Uh, the the Gordon SN affair is in full swing. Uh, we get this. Okay. I, I actually know. I I, I want to hear your play by play of this scene with Batman here and uh, and and, uh, and 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 the guy snorting coke. <laughs> oh yeah. So okay. So so they established early on uh, on the on the other page that this is that uh, 
and they also it's just really nice. Again, Dent shows up again um, for for one panel, for one panel. Um, basically, like they insist. I, actually, we haven't mentioned it, but I love the way like the media has been, like the, the television screen have occasionally been filling in. Um, that you are you are gonna love Dark Knight Returns. Then Dark Knight Returns does that constantly. Hmm. I was gonna say it could easily be overused. God damn it! Uh, <laughs> it could easily be overused, but there's enough restraint here, and that each is it, it helps. But I will say it helps move it helps move a story that's taking place over a year along very nicely. Um, yeah, yeah. And you have you have this great moment. You have Denton Gordon, Denton and Gordon working together, um, and. Uh, you have September 11th, um, so you have this criminal who's, who's he's going to testify, and again, you have Miller very aware in the script about the injustices of the American legal system. Mm-hmm. Like, I like that one little line that his uh, his, his attorney, I'm assuming, uh, that she has, um. Uh, saying like where do I start bad enough that you're black uh, I want you in a blue suit is suit the inquest with a tie make it black same for the shoes now that pimp stuff um it's a, it's a really interesting insight into um like specifically how the justice system would have been it's still honest I guess honestly still is um still is. It's, still is. it's it's weird it's weird it's really fucking weird given a lot of Frank Miller's work. <laughs> Did, did he have a ghostwriter? Like, I, I don't think or, so. Hey, I really hey, don't. Or like, did he get on drugs or something in between this and Batman? <laughs> uh, actually, before this would have been, uh, before that, uh, like, the next big Batman project after this was um, Dark Knight Strikes Again. Okay. So, well, I've heard, I've heard that that yeah. was also bad, but I, I... It's, it's, it's very bad, yes. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, um, what is this one panel where Batman's fucking like on top of the, on top of the, uh, the dealer and fucking like with the red eyes there? He's supposed to be coked out of his mind because like it makes it gives you bloodshot eyes. Yeah, yeah, but it just looks really funny to me. Instead of it's 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 one of the it's actually one of the there there's some of like the 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 more exaggerated bits of the artwork that I don't think actually works like bloodshot circle eyes. Yeah, just looks kind of stupid. Um, let's see. Cutting forward to September twelfth, September thirteenth, a lot of a uh, lot of infighting in the. Again, you you have this great uh, you have that great this great scene with Loeb. Um, I love I love Gordon's little dig. I know exactly what I promised. I'm getting my best work. Yep. Uh, this is also the same scene that uh, that Loeb reveals that that he. Uh, uh, that he has dirt on on Gordon because he he he, uh, he has photos of of Gordon and 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 Essen together uh, that he could just like give to Gordon's wife whenever, which is a great bit of leverage, but also I love the way that pays off later. We'll talk about that more in a little bit. But in the meantime, Gordon wants to go meet Bruce Wayne, who he strongly suspects at this point is Batman. Um, Barbara happens to be with him. She comes along. And I adore this scene. I hate that like most iterations of Batman don't play up this side of Bruce. That will just be a be a complete dick for the sake of just hiding his secret. He 
he's he's being he's being like I, I think I yeah, I think um especially for stuff pre any of the Robins. I think post the Robins. Well yeah, it's it's a little harder when he has to when he has to play up the public side of I have an adopted son. But but like in these moments, um because they adapt this sort of into Batman begins as well. In like you know, um the scenes where he's like with the two models at the restaurant or um or where he's like yeah. where he like uh where he like flips on all the party guests, you sort of like get the same personality here, where he um, like, where he just has has his girl, girl. He's, he's being a dick, but he's being such a calculated dick. Um, oh yeah, yeah, and it does exactly what, it, what what he wants it to. It it scares Gordon off, and then Gordon's you know it it it's, it sends him off the trail, which I like. I I, I like that the that plotline wasn't just waved away in a oh yeah, well no, he's probably not actually Batman. No no no, like Bruce gave him a good reason to no longer suspect him. Okay. And it's it's the perfect amount of theater, and like it, I I love the reveal immediately after. Um, I, I love the way Alfred describes it positively. Von Villian, sir, I gather the remaining yeah. bottle of club soda may be left in its proper container. <laughs> yeah, actually, I really I, like the the, the, you the. Also, get like the one bit of characterization of Alfred is like, my God, my son is insane. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, I can't call my child on this because he's an adult. I love it. Um, I, I do like one bit that they added in uh in the animated film where the girl like <laughs> like uh is sort of like you guys are the weirdest like fucking guys that I've ever met. She's just like, what are you doing? And uh, and Bruce is like, uh, Bruce is like, it's the easiest five grand you ever made. <laughs> Which like fair. It's actually it's a good thing. I, it's a shame they kind of left any that they didn't give an explanation here. Um. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we can assume that that's what happened. Either, either that or he did just just grab any random girl at like at like some sort of uh at some sort of party that didn't actually speak english or anything that that would just like go along with it yeah um so then uh then gordon decides to come clean about the affair to to barbara which well, i like that we don't... Have, you, well no, no first you have the pressure being put on flass uh where he's like yeah he basically always says we're gonna murder this drug dealer so no, 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 Gordon come, comes clean before then. Oh, right. R- yeah, yeah, so yeah right at the top of the same page, yeah. Yeah, I like, I like that we don't actually see the argument, because um, it's, it, it's, it's it's a really interesting way, like, because we cut right back to, to Bruce then, just, like, watching them waiting in his driveway before they leave. I think it's a cool little scene. Um and, yeah, so and, then, uh, and it does kind of throw Bruce just a little bit, like why, why are they waiting? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So then, uh, the uh, Lobit Lobit men decide to decide to like use their use their dirt against Gordon. Um, I love that one panel on October fifth, where uh, where Barbara says like, "Yes, sir, I know, but I know, I know about Sergeant Essen. Please don't bother me again." I, I fucking love that bit. That bit. Um, we cut like, forward a couple days. Um, they, oh, sorry, they, go try ahead. To, they try to kill him off. He he's fine. Um, mm-hmm. And then on October twelfth, James Gordon Jr. is born. Love it. I like um, like it's a it's a small moment. Like the, the the payoff here is small, but but I like that we've sort of like been building up to a, to this for a lot of the comic, and uh, just a great little moment. So. Any one of the few points where where Selena Kyle feels closer to the like the cat burglar version of herself, mm. um, mainly, yeah, 
it, it, well, it, it, it's it's then like with the it's her and Holly like with the stuffed toys and um <clears throat> and like what was that supposed to be stuffed toys? Is it just stuffed toys? I I, I think it is, yeah because because they thought that there was something like hidden inside them yeah yeah so, who do who do they steal from? Does it ever say? Do they say? I don't think they actually say. Um. Uh, oh no no okay. Uh, no, it, it, uh, the, the news report says Commissioner Loeb's private collection of pop memorabilia is valued at forty thousand dollars. <laughs> so still from the commissioner, and it turns out he's just yeah. a nerd. He's just a big yeah. Big, big nerd. Like there's yeah. Do, there's uh, yeah, there's a little, little like Donald Duck thing there. <laughs> there's, there's Donald Duck right there. Um, yeah. <clears throat> love love on the next page that one shot of a uh, Batman on the glider. And well, and this is, it's also it's the first time you start seeing Bruce starting to use Wayne Enterprises to like yeah. make shit for him. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, the news report of, go uh, after. He's, he's going after. by the demonstration of unheard possibilities in, in lightweight, durable plastics. Immediately, <laughs> bat glider. Yeah. <laughs> and um, then you get so the actual characterization of Carmine Falcone. Okay, so. As 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 someone who adored every little thing about the long Halloween, uh, did did you like this scene at, at the very least with with him and 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 Johnny? Yes, this is okay. This is, the closest, this is the closest he got to that characterization, and mm. and I like. Well, it's also where we here, like mm-hmm. it's also it's where we get the else. yeah. It's where we get the origin of the of the three. Uh, uh, the scars on his face in Long Halloween. Yeah. yeah. I also, I love that it's a Roman bath. Yeah. yeah. Terrible pun. <laughs> Terrible pun. But Hello. I love that. So, let's see, cutting forward a bit. Uh, uh, Carmine is in the hospital. Uh, the police decide to take drastic measures in order to finally get to Gordon, and they fucking kidnap his child. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, Which, wait a second. I hadn't clocked this. Is this vaguely. Did, did, did this seem like vaguely inspired The Dark Knight? Uh, yeah. I'd say it probably did. At, at the very least, the situation of Gordon's family being taken hostage. Yeah. Man, it is insane how 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 Nolan just looked at this and, and Long Halloween and was like, "Yeah, that these are going to be my movies." Pretty much, and then, and then whatever he did with Dark Knight Returns. Uh, I mean, Dark, Dark Knight Rises was uh, mostly the, the one plot. I, I always was, make that mistake, and I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. The one plot in it was uh, was based on No Man's Land, but mostly just in the idea of Gotham being cordoned off from the rest of the world. Uh, let's see. So, uh, I, I, I like this little sequence here, though. We uh, oddly enough, I the climax of the comic does not feature Batman. It, I mean, it's Bruce Wayne, but it's not Batman, which I think is a really interesting thing to do, like for the ending of your Batman book. It's also interesting. I think there's a little bit of ambiguity in the ending of does Gordon realize it's Bruce Wayne? Mm. I think it's interesting because because I had always taken the ending to be 
uh, Gordon is actually like like practically blind in that moment, and he doesn't actually he he thinks it's you know obviously he knows it's it's the guy that is Batman, but he doesn't actually see his face and he doesn't see who he is. But watching rewatching the animated film, uh, they sort of play it like Gordon does clearly see Bruce. Yeah, they imply it, and then you have the last yeah. page, which is the best page of the comic. Like it's well, I just want to comment on that, like. Like, obviously, like, for the rest of the Batman mythos, like, Gordon can't actually know that Bruce is Batman, but there is that almost slight implica- implication there that he does know. Or that he's smart enough to work it out and he never says it, which is mm-hmm. possible. But I, I, love, I love the last page, because it's... it's oh, the last page the is perfect. Pieces. It's finishing putting the pieces in place. Um, uh, you have you have Loeb getting... getting Ousted as commissioner, um, mm-hmm. uh, you and you have this great rooftop scene um, uh, that ends with the, that great, the straight line. As for me, while there's a real panic on, someone somebody's threatened to poison the Gotham Reservoir. Calls himself the Joker. I've got a friend coming who might be able to help. Should be here any minute. Kind of ending it's... the comic with, "Yeah, this entire thing wasn't a Batman story. This was about Jim Gordon." Yeah, yeah, and, and and overcoming that corruption. And I think it's a really great way to cap off the story. In the end, I gotta ask, did you like year one? Yes, I did. Despite <laughs> despite Selena Kyle and Frank Miller's inability to write a female character. Um, <laughs> Does your version, I imagine it would. Does your version come with that Afterword by Frank Miller. Yes, it does. Um, Isn't that amazing? Uh, yeah. Like I, like like I, I, I fell in love with that when I first read it, and it, I, I still come back to it often. It, it, it's also perplexing, just because he gets it. Like. Yeah, he he really like like give him all the shit you want. Frank Miller understands Batman at the very least. He understands the character. Or at least he did at one point. Yeah, and had a very firm grasp on it. Um, like, I don't regret yeah. buying this book. It's, yeah. It may be a book that I read again. It's, it's not um, It's not perfect. It has a lot of problems. But there are a lot of things to really like in it, I think. Yeah. I, I, I also agree with you. Yeah, no, this didn't be someone's first Batman comic. Yeah, yeah. You'll, 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 I mean, you'll see it on a lot of like, oh yeah, Beginner Batman comics lists. But like, I don't know. I, I, I don't quite agree with that. It's, it's there. But like, if you're looking for like an early days Batman story, I'd probably sooner recommend the the Scott Snyder story Zero Year. But that's just me. Um, and we'll probably do that eventually. But it's, it's a different take on the early day, early days of Batman. Well, yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's. I think part of it is, is like. It's definitely a Batman comic for beginners, but it should not be the first. Like, yeah, definitely. Like, like I would at least do like some shorter stories first. Like, like I, I mean, I really do stand by these first three episodes being some really good beginner Batman stories. You know, um, Long Halloween. You know, as long as you have a vague grasp on who a fair amount of Batman characters are, you'll be fine going into Long Halloween. Most of the characters are the one in, in Long Halloween that you need to have a grasp for are the ones who appeared in the films. Um, yeah. Yeah. The only um, two that I really didn't know <laughs> going in was was, was, was Mad Hatter. 
I fucking loved. I, just, I, don't know. I can't get over that. I love that. Like you're just like I had no clue who this guy was. Um, just very funny to me. Um, but yeah, so like that, like Killing Joke should should definitely be one of your early Batman stories. Uh, same with this one. You know, I, I really don't think it should be your first, but it's 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 up there definitely. Um, that being said, we did watch the animated film as well uh, to prep for this. It's a great adaptation. It, it's it it's is, very it straight. Is, it, is, it is it is it is straight. Uh, a lot of the uh, I will say it it's actually a smart adaptation in that it takes a lot of the internal monologue, either cuts it, um, and and does more with the facial expressions to make up for that, or mm-hmm. converts it into dialogue. Yeah, yeah, um, and even though there is still a fair, there is still like a fair amount of inner monologue, but like they cut it from like the the scenes where like it makes no sense to have it. Like we could read a comic and 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 watch Batman fight a couple guys and and have his thought process as he's fighting them. But if you had that in a film, it just doesn't work. So they have that whole sequence where he's fighting the three kids and he saves the one from from the ledge and all that. Um, we have that, and then they throw some inner monologue at the end of the fight when he's when he's all worn out. So it, it it's a really smart adaptation. There's a great cast. Brian Cranston is too damn good for Jim Gordon. Uh, He's so uh, fucking uh, good. Uh, the douche who is as Selena Kyle actually elevates the material. Um, yes. And hey, Katie Sackoff plays uh, plays Sarah Essen, which is awesome because I love Katie Sackoff. I don't know if you know her from anything. I don't um, really know. I don't recognize the name. Um, I mostly know her from. Have, but, have you seen? Have you seen what? Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I have not seen it. No, I. Okay, that's why you wouldn't know Eliza Dush because that's the big thing that she's from, and she's. I, I I know the name. I don't think I've ever like seen her in anything besides this. She plays I, sort I of an anti-hero slash a villain in Buffy. Um, okay, so Catwoman. Right <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a little darker than, a little darker than Catwoman. Uh, well, okay. Well, is she, <laughs> well, I mean, there is darker Catwoman. Have Have you seen Batman Returns? <laughs> Which I also did rewatch recently, and wow, that film is dark, but I love it. I didn't rewatch it recently, but yeah, we watched we watched that. It's it's a great cast. I think it's the one of 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 the three animated movies we've covered on this podcast. It's the one that like focuses to what's on it's, the page. Um, oh yeah, definitely. It, it's it's also and, telling that it's the short. It's the short. It's the shortest of of those animated films. It's only an hour and four minutes. Like it's it it is just the content of the comic, and that's it. Like it's it, it's great. Uh, I, I, well, uh, what I think what I think works, uh, but I think like if we were gonna do that to any of the three stories that we actually covered, um, your one's probably the one to actually do it for. Um, yeah, because the other yeah. two we covered. You need to make a certain amount of changes, just to just just I, to make I it don't, flow better. I don't think I don't think you need to change Long Halloween. I really don't. <laughs> In my there, opinion, there, 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 there's some there, there's some stuff that we we we've, we've obviously we've talked about. Um, you also asked if you also asked if your one directly influenced any Batman films, and of course I responded with Batman Begins because there are just some scenes from Year One that are directly translated to to batman begins um right down to the very ending of them teasing the joker on on the rooftop with gordon and batman i think that's great i think it's i think it's the same stuff there's also um the roman is such an interesting character in batman begins um yeah yeah i think i think it does a good job of adapting scarecrow into more of the mob boss style 
of that 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 mm-hmm. film is going for and not doing over the top super villains. And uh, I do love Liam, I do love Liam Neeson as Rachel Ghoul. Liam, I forgot I forgot he was Rachel Ghoul. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 brilliant. He's brilliant. But, um, oh. I think I think I, I, I think I, I prefer of, of course, Gary Oldman remains like one of the best things about the probably the best thing about the Nolan trilogy. Oh, most definitely. But now, Killer Murphy is Scarecrow. I, I, I love. Um, oh he, yeah, he's brilliant. He has that. He has that presence where you're like yeah. something's off he's, about you. Yeah, he's just the right amount of unsettling. Yeah, it's great. Um, what else? What else? What else? Um, Valentine, it takes the idea of asshole Bruce Wayne. Um. And then calculated asshole Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. Um, an interesting change, though, is that Loeb is not a piece of shit in that film. Yeah, yeah, but they just they just still have Flash in there, and Flash, I think, is I don't think he's a character typically translated into like Batman media outside of Year One. Um, so it's interesting to see him there. Yeah, and and, and they they kept his assholery as as they should as they should. Yeah, just a good film though, honestly. And I will fight. It, it, it is the Dark Knight Return. But sorry, the Dark Knight is still better. Honestly, come on. I think I slightly prefer Batman Begins. I, I genuinely think oh, I do. Come on, come on. Oh, yeah, I, I think I think I prefer it. Um, but also, very good. At, I, I also say both it and Dark Knight are both really good at thematically adapting like the themes of Year One. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Why? Because a lot of your one, like, thematically, this is all about why Batman needs other people. It's why yeah. we're not focusing on Batman as much. Mm-hmm. Which is why, hot take, I think Rachel is a great character included for the trilogy. I think Rachel's amazing in Batman Begins, at least. Um, I, I still like her in Dark Knight, in, in The Dark Knight, too. In Dark Knight, um... I mean, obviously, 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 I think Katie Holmes is 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 the better actor. But I mean, you know, yeah, like I, I don't hate Maggie Gyllenhaal. Brings more depth to the role. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But 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 that being said, also Maggie Gyllenhaal is paired up with Aaron Eckhart for most of the film, so (laughs) so she may be upstaged occasionally. (laughs) That's that's true. Uh, Yeah. Anyway, um, I guess that about covers all of our year one related things. Um, it's a shorter, it's, I'm, you know, I, I'm not surprised this is a slightly shorter episode, at least than last time. I Jacob, uh, Jacob, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. This is like on par with a long Halloween episode. It's a little shorter by like a couple minutes. By, okay, as of right now, it's four minutes shorter and we still got to do outro shit. That's true. Anyway, so let's do outro shit. Um, so <laughs> I guess the uh, first thing you want to know is what we're reading next time. Right, Jacob? Yes, yeah. Tell me. So the only thing you knew going into uh, uh, before this was that uh, you knew that episode four you would need two books for. Um, yeah. Because we are coming, covering up a slightly larger story, but it is still like two smaller volumes. So any predictions before I tell you what it is? Um, I, not really. Okay. Really. Next time on Fresh Faced Comics, we'll be reading The Court of Owls. Oh, oh, we're start. Oh, yes. Ooh, you made me yeah. very excited. 
Yes, um, this, uh, we're gonna. This is actually gonna be our first ongoing series that we'll be covering on Fresh Faced Comics. Um, but as far as like ongoing series go for the for the channel, we'll be uh, we'll be doing um, like like they won't like all come in a row. We're not gonna do like all of Scott Snyder's Batman for the next couple episodes. It's gonna be like Court of Owls. You know, a fair amount of time will pass, then we'll do the next arc and things like that. So we will be going further with it in the future. But for now, we're doing Court of Owls. We will be doing both volumes, uh, Court of Owls and City of Owls, this covering issues 1 to 12 of the New 52 Batman plus Batman Annual number 1. There is a DC Essentials edition that has just the main Court of Owls story, which is issues 1 through 11, but I will argue to my last breath that you do need issues 12 and the annual, so... Uh, we're going to be doing the two volumes. Uh, I will leave links to both of those in the description on the YouTube channel. So if you're listening to this on Spotify or Anchor, you could go to the YouTube channel, Blood Donut Studios, and links to those books will be right in the description there if you want to follow along with what we're reading. Um, what else? What else? What else? I think that about covers it, right? Anything else? Uh, awesome. Give us okay. Outro. All right. Uh, give us an outro. Uh, here, here is the outro. No. Um, <laughs> Uh, thank you all so much for watching slash listening. Thank you all so much for supporting the podcast. It really does mean a lot. Thank you all for supporting Blood Donut Studios. Uh, means the world to us. Uh, continue to uh, listen and share around with all your friends, whatever you um, how, whatever you feel, feel comfortable with sharing around on. Um, any, any support is appreciated. Even if you're not personally interested in certain stories that we're doing, maybe other people will be. If you want to share them around in whatever groups that you can, uh, it would be greatly appreciated. So once again, thank you all so much for watching slash listening. I got to remember to keep saying listening now that we're on, uh, not just YouTube. Um, uh, yes, uh, outro on on Spotify. Yes, uh, on Spotify and Anchor, you can listen on there too. I don't I don't know anyone that uses Anchor like as like a, just just a like as their main podcast listening thing. I, 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 it's like a feed. Some people use it as like a feed. I have a friend who. Yeah, uses well, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, the feed makes sense, but I don't know. Anyway, guess what? That does it. Thank you all so much for watching slash listening. Until next time, this has been Joey Morgan. Uh, and Jacob Blickliner. You'll get there eventually. Goodbye. Uh Hello and welcome to Fresh Faced Comics, the comic book podcast where a lot. Fuck me, god damn it! Let me try it again. Let me try it again. All right. Hello and welcome to Fresh Faced Comics, the comic. Com I cannot fucking speak today. Let me try that one more time. All right. Hello and welcome to Fresh Faced Comics, the comic book podcast where a lifelong comic book reader gives guys. I swear. No, no, I got it. Fuck you. I can get the, if I don't get it this time, you can do it.